Hello, and welcome to Cult Picks Radio, WCPX 66.6 on your pod dial. With me, your host, Django Nudo. And I am the Smut Peddler. And together, we are Cult Picks. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Now, as always in the startup phase, it's been an exciting week for Cult Picks. So... Without further ado, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of starting a global streaming service for cult and genre films and television. What's been good this week, Smart Peddler? Well, the good thing is that we have ironed out some of the bugs and and the stuff that has been bothering us with with the, both people getting their SMS codes all right and also paying with their credit cards. And of course, we love it when they can actually pay with their credit cards. Yeah, and we do too. But yeah, there the, there's has been, I think, more bugs in the software than there have been in 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 the horror films. And I'm sure people love to hear about this. But we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that it is working for the majority of our members who have been able to join. And you know, these are minor issues we're getting. Yes, it's very frustrating when you're trying to log into a new device and the SMS code isn't arriving, or you're really keen to give us money to enjoy some great films, and the computer keeps showing error message to do with the 3D security. But I'm pretty sure that our clever IT guys and gals will have resolved it this coming week, so hopefully it'll be even better news and we can just say, that's done. Although it always seems like whenever we fix one technology issue, there's always plenty more cropping up, so... Yeah, I'm sure we'll have something to talk about next week. And it's, I mean, it's a lot, lot like a lot of third-party tech companies that that we can't really control, and that's that's a problem. However, the people that have, which is the vast majority that have been able to log in, we get a lot of praise. Uh, a lot of people saying this is what we have been waiting for for so many years, and oh, finally I got to see this movie. I never knew how to find it. So that, I think, is very, very pleasing for us. And that's going to be the big topic of this week's show as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the kind of films that you can find on Cult Picks and the kind of partners we're working with uh, to make these films available. So it's going to be a, a kind of fun little pick and mix um, of uh, just what it is that type of films you can find on cult picks and which ones are on personal favorites and of course we're going to play some clips from them the bad thing as always again come back to the issues we're having with the platform i think some people are frustrated about the issues to do with streaming um onto a big screen tv not everybody wants to watch the films on their laptop or on their tablet they do want to watch it even if it's you know vhs quality they've said i'd still want to watch my smut on a 65 inch plasma screen um i guess to approximate the cinema experience and there are so many combinations of you know stream for an iphone or an android onto a smart tv or to an apple tv box or to a fire tv stick so there are combinations that we still haven't managed to fix, but I promise you we are working on them. We will try to get them to work because we don't like the idea of doing an app through the Apple App Store, do we? No, we don't believe it. that will actually ever happen because of uh, both that they are greedy little bastards and that we we also, uh, uh, you know, we want to keep f- keep our freedom of speech in, in our 
in our platform and and they are yes. not supporters of that no they should not dictate what we can and cannot show That's on right. cult picks and they make enough profits already what was the record i mean they, they made an obscene amount of money in the last quarter yeah because uh, people buying stuff from them in the lockdown so boo hiss yeah mm. that's ugly censorship is ugly that's ugly for the week so mm. good that concludes the good the bad and the ugly and now we're going to talk a little bit about this week's theme which is the bella lugosi monogram nine now smut peddler be honest had you heard of the monogram nine before uh, to be very honest i i hadn't heard about it before of, of the phenomenon itself i mean i i knew about some of the films but i'd never heard of of the of the the you know the the the, the title of the of the films so to speak no no and and to be really honest um i was only vaguely aware of it until i started really reading up and and digging deep but it is fascinating you know the kind of career trajectory that bella lugosi had and where the monogram nine fit into all this because we obviously know him as you know the, the classical east european dracula you know the, the the one who genuinely came from um you know the setting of all those vampire films to the kind of sad end to his life when he was making films with um ed woods jr mm. and and you know that it was his final film his final films in fact yeah and he actually died during the shoot so i think he was replaced by by ed wood's chiropractor in some scenes holding a, a, a you know a cape in, a front, cape of in front of his face, face. Yeah. yeah yeah that's right but um but yeah in between that so in between was the monogram nine and monogram was a studio although they're now gone and largely forgotten unlike let's say Warner Brothers or Universal or any of those because they were the Poverty Row studio. Yeah. They made films quick and dirty and cheap. And they would turn them around in six or seven days of shooting. So they had to um, um, work fast. And they had p people like was it William Bodine. Yeah, William One-Shot Bodine, as he was called, <laughs> because he never reshot a scene. Oh, or so that's... rumor has it. Yeah, apparently that was nickname as well to what's his name uh, the Star Trek actor William Frakes. Mm. He was known as One Take Frakes. Ah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and oddly yeah. enough, in these films with Bela Lugosi, they also reused the old uh, guy in a gorilla suit for a, a couple of titles. Yeah, which was yeah. our theme the other week. It was. And, of course, the other thing is, in terms of recurring um, themes and people, um, Bella seemed to have a, a sidekick, sidekick midget mm. um, always popping up in these, as well as the presence of the, the Bowery Boys, also known as the East Side Kids, or the Dead End Kids. Yeah. And I'm also fascinated that, that he was actually in, in um, two films that sort of very much preceded Night of the Living Dead with, with a sort of a zombie or voodoo themes. Mm. That, that surprised me a bit. I, I, I watched uh, Voodoo Man the other day. I never had I yes. had never heard of the film. and It has some extraordinary scenes, I must say. It's so mind-boggling. You, you have to pinch yourself to believe that, you know, that you're yeah. watching this movie. 
I think that's that's my favorite one of these uh, nine as well um, because it is so trippy and and that's what it said in fact there's been books written about the monogram nine and they, they said that they they didn't conform to the type of the Hollywood stereotype of the the time the 40s um, and they really are a kind of parallel universe in terms of the not just the kind of you know over the top acting and, and cheap sets but in terms of the the themes and the subjects you know they're not um traditional um universal you know type of horror films or universal studios i should say yeah. horror films so they're definitely worth and other things fascinate me like for the fact that in one of them uh bella lugosi is referred to as a vulture um whereas of course he plays a vampire but they couldn't use the name vampire because guess what? Universal Studios owned the right to Bella Lugosi the Vampire. I think they must have trademarked it. So poor Bella that, couldn't even call himself so a vampire. That's so odd. Yeah. That's so Hollywood. But yes, if you do check out only one film of them, um, I would say I would agree Voodoo Man is probably it. But you know, by all means, dip into all of them. They're usually only about 65 minutes long. Yeah. So um, they're quick and they're fun and they're just unique so and i should say of the monogram nine we have eight of the films um because paramount owns the right to the ninth one which is the eight man returns i think and we haven't signed a deal with them yet so what have we got instead as a ninth treat instead we have a mysterious mr wong with bella lugosi in yellow face so if you if you disagree with blackface, you will definitely disagree with <laughs> yellowface. So he's but, a spy or something. Yeah. But they all did it. I mean, they they Boris Karloff also played Mr. Wong. Oh yeah. In yellowface, you yeah. know, every every working actor apart from Asian American actors obviously got the part yeah. of playing and of Fu course, Manchu and Mr. Wong. Yeah, and, and Christopher Lee later on did Chu, Fu Manchu for for sure. Fu Manchu, yeah. and we even had Swedish actors who played. Oh yes, Mr. Warner Oland. Yes, who we shall definitely feature in a future uh, episode because yeah. he had a very unique career. For sure. So check out, if you haven't done so already, um, this week's news, which is Bela Lugosi's Monogram 9 films. Bitte merken Sie sich vor, Josefine Mutzenbacher, die Lebensbeichte einer wienerischen Dirne. That was a clip from Josefine Mutzenbacher. And why are we playing you that? Well, we have some exciting news this week, which is that we have three companies that we've signed deals with whose films will soon be appearing on cult picks so smart peddler tell us a little bit more about who they are yes uh, well first of all you heard a little bit of from josephine mutzenbacher from 1970 we signed with Ari and lisa film in germany for two josephine mutzenbacher films which are sort of uh, pretty pretty far out erotic comedies from Germany from 1970 and 1971. Historical. Historical, like all these things. Historical, yes. yeah. C costume, costume dramas, drama. we can call mm -hmm. them. 
And then, believe it or not, we have signed a deal with the British Film Institute. Well, rather nice, I'd say. Rather. And the funny thing with the British Film Institute, as opposed to all other film institutes, is they have their own series of uh, restored films on DVD called Flipside, which is uh, a very strange uh, films from the UK. Very much uh, cult picks films, I would say. There's some great ones in there. I know that you've got plenty of them in your DVD collection. Um, unfortunately, obviously, oh, I do, yeah. not all of them available for worldwide rights, so we couldn't tap into all of them, but there are some real gems in there. Yeah, so we have uh, we have six films from them, and um, one is, for instance, called Requiem for a Village, and it sounds very, you know, serene and so, but it's about a janitor in a graveyard who sees all the dead people come alive but they just keep on living their everyday lives which is pretty yeah. cool and uh, then we have a film that i'm very very curious about i haven't seen it myself called herostratus yep. uh, by don levy from 1967 and we'll play you a little clip from that right now you are growing old you are growing old. The flesh decays. The cracks open. The mind decomposes. A mold buries the senses. The functions puncture one by one. And the skin fills with sickness. And moving on, we have also signed a contract with... Um Nikatsu in Japan. Oh, good friends in Japan. And that's a big, big one. And I know that you have a special favorite from them. Yes, I do. In fact, we're going to have many types of films, but we're also not going to reveal everything because it's a little bit of a surprise, but we're going to have amongst them Nikatsu's one and only kaiju film. So they had their own Godzilla-type creature. Yes, so it's very unique. And... Um, yeah, it's it's amphibian Godzilla. Although I think Godzilla mm. maybe is amphib amphibian too. Right, and then um, we have six more films from them, which we won't reveal because I think they will suffice for a whole pod of their own in the future. Yep. And they are all being restored from the original 35 millimeter negatives. So we will see them later on, probably after the yep, summer. In HD quality and probably also available as a box set for the avid collectors. This is definitely one yep. for the shelf of any discerning sure. um, appreciator of these kind of films, which we're hinting at, but we're not telling you. So, no. And we are very excited about this, and we are in negotiations with around, I think, 15 or 20 international companies right now, so uh, you have a lot to look forward to in the future. Yes, we're going to be adding, I think, on average, we've been putting up about five films um, per week, uh, and it's a nice broad range, everything in the last week from Marlon Brando's directing debut, One-Eyed Jack, this revisionist Western, uh, to some uh, black exploitation classic, The Black Godfather. What we're going to talk about today as um, some of our partners, some of our friends from um, across the world. And they are people that we'll be hearing more about in the future uh, episodes as well, when we're going to interview and talk to some of these people. But we thought today we would give you a little taster and pick out some personal favorites of the kind of films that are available from our good friends and partners. 
So shall we begin, first of all, with probably our oldest friends and the good people at Something Weird Video? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we as we talked about in the in the first pod, um, they were very instrumental in in the creation of Club Super Eight, which is of course the basis for Cult Picks. And uh, um, we had them as guests: Mike Rainey, rest in peace, and Lisa Petrucci, twenty years ago in Sweden. And we have struck a deal with Lisa Petrucci now with fifty-two of their titles. Whoa. And um, I would like to personally, well, obviously it's a it's a fantastic mix of yes. everything. It's really, really crazy. But I'd like to highlight a favorite. I wouldn't call it a genre, maybe, but uh, that's uh, erotic versions of famous novels mm. or stories. So we have the adult version of Jekyll and Hyde, of yes. course, the long swift sword of Siegfried. <laughs> The Lustful Turk, not necessarily from a famous novel, but it's still uh, it, it's uh, situated in an 18th century harem, and it's yep. you know, it's up there. The Rival Tales of Robin Hood, of course, mm-hmm. and then the 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 funny funny title Trader Horny. Yes, and then we'd like to play you a little clip from one of the favorites of mine, um, which was actually rated Z. <laughs> And that's the erotic adventures of Zorro. Here's a little bit from that Ignorantes, imbeciles, boom cups, and you, you, your sister swims out to meet troop ships, you idiot. Now find them, find them and bring them back here immediately, or you're all going to be pending bar at Tijuana at the Blue Fox. Out, out, under the under. Django Nudo, what would you recommend from Something Weird Video? Well, that's definitely, first of all, a version of Zorro, which is not like the one I grew up with, but great fun. And there's even more. I mean, technically, if you want to talk about things that have a a literary pedigree, um, I would squeeze in Tarzana, the wild girl. Yeah. Yeah, not what, um, you know, Greystoke... Uh, is usually uh, seen like on screen, um, but also not necessarily um, adult, but definitely a literary pedigree. You have Alice in Acidland, which I must confess I haven't yet watched. Um, but then again, I don't know who has watched it, the entire film from beginning to end, and made sense of it. I know it's meant to be trippy because it's Acidland, and it is from you know, 69. Um, but yeah, it mm. outweirds, um, you know, the Tim Burton version, any any version of Alice in Wonderland that you've ever seen. For sure. Um, do I pick out a, f- a favorite of mine? Um, as a genre, uh, women in fur bikinis. Hard to go wrong. That's a lovely genre. It is. And there's just, you know, so many of them here again. Um, Bowanga Bowanga. Mm. Classic. Should be top of anybody's viewing list. Um, then we have, of course, you know, there's Tarzana, the wild girl, although, although I don't think she wore a fur bikini in there. 
Um, mm, maybe not. And um, wild and of course, wild women of the Wongo. Very last one, www. Wild women of Wongo. Um, of men, women, and apes living together as three different tribes in a tropical island of Wongo. I'm amazed there hasn't been a remake of that. Yeah, that this should be one from Hollywood as they are remaking everything else. True. And I, as I always say, don't remake good films, remake bad films. Um, mm. Yeah, chances are good. But amongst, again, we're, we can't go into all of the uh, type of genres, but um, I'd also like to highlight the, the Westerns because we've got some oh, yeah. uh, slightly different Westerns. So there's, for example, you know, the Scavengers, uh, but there's also a personal favorite of mine, Hotspur. Oh, yeah. Very violent. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a cult true. kind of Western. Yeah. And we have another dirty Western. Mm -hmm. Brand of shame. Yes. And I think we can you know, give you a little taster of that right now. Rachel, I love you. I'm going to make love to you. I've never made love. But you want you, don't you, Rachel? Oh, yes, yes. I've always dreamed of making love. Wonderful love dreams. Never real. Lovely. This is no dream, darling. Yes, yes. I want to. How will it happen? Slowly, darling. Slowly. First with my hands. Then my mouth. Show me how to kiss. Yes, Brand of Shame. Definitely one of the great Something Weird uh, films on cult picks right now. Uh, do check it out, or my name isn't Django Nudo. Yeah, and, and I mean, there are so much good stuff in there. We have tons of movies directed by Lee Frost, yes. who was a dirty, dirty director. Mm -hmm. Pretty funny. And um, also, I mean, you were mentioning Alice in Acidland. We have, a, a, I think it's about 10 drug uh, drug-induced films yes. or drug-affiliated uh, films. And, uh, I mean, you have to love a title like Psychedelic Sex Kicks, for instance. Yes. But in terms of famous names, um, one of the ones that stands out is Alex Dorenzi, who um, I had not realized or forgotten that before he started doing um, kind of slick porn films in the 90s, that he was a documentary filmmaker. And then he did the documentary Weed from 1972. Mm -hmm interviewing drug enforcement agents and um you know people at protests uh it's a real slice of what america was like in in the early 70s when it came to uh, drugs i mean it's it's definitely not um you know the kind of traditional anti-drug exploitation films no and but we do have them too i mean both from something weird and others but I'd like to also highlight from something we had Assassin of Youth from 1938. Yes. There was, a, I think, at least three or four anti-marijuana films made in the 30s. And uh, it's always like you take a, a sip and then you become a, a over-sexed, crazy uh, assassin. <laughs> as, as we all know, that's yes. the truth. No. So that's pretty it cool. It is. And yeah, again, fun to check out because probably everybody has heard of Reefer Madness and, and probably even seen it. I mean, it's a kind of 
obligatory screening. It was at least when I went to university, but all mm -hmm. these other ones are good too. And of course, another title, which uh, we added this week, not from something weird, but uh, Sex Madness. You know, you know how bad drugs oh, yeah. are for you? Just how bad is sex for you as well, according to the 19, late 1930s films? Yeah, so they started out with the sex ed movies really early, but maybe not in the way we expected. No, them. no. And we'll get to the sex ed movies definitely later on. We're going to move ahead to Synapse Films, also known, uh, or Impulse Pictures. Uh, and of course, at some point, we're going to hear from Something Weird and all of these other friends in the future. But So what do you want to talk about um, Synapse? There's a special film that had a um, special anniversary this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it was the, the uh, world premiere. Yeah. 1973, oh. Le Mora, A Child's Tale of the Supernatural. And this is a great title. It's one of those overlooked horror films, which, you know, you, you just want to tell people about uh, once you've seen it. Because, of course, everybody's seen The Exorcist and The Omen. But, you know, these little creepy, you know, child films like Lamora are no less worthy of your attention. And especially if you're aficionado of, of kind of vintage horror films. It was the only film directed by actor Richard Blackburn. Uh, and had some great performances, um, not least by Cheryl Smith. And um, yeah, anything else that you liked about it particularly? Or I think yeah, I think that I mean when you become a subscriber to to Cult Picks, I think you should start off with Forty Second Street Forever yes. Volume One, which is a compilation of trailers. I don't know how many, fifty of them mm. maybe, and it's uh, from all over the world. And it's horror, it's exploitation, it's black exploitation, it's mondo movies, roadshow, Eurosleaze, you name it. They put it in there, yep. and uh, they have been worn and torn by being played in grindhouse theaters over and over again. So you will see them in in all their scratched glory. Yep. It's it's one of those films you could put on really at almost as a kind of a background projection to any party, um, just because it's so trippy and and such a variety but fun. But a, a great introduction, I agree. If it's the first film um, you want to watch to get a flavor of the kind of things you get as a member of Cult Picks, Forty Second Street Forever Volume One is a great one. Absolutely, yeah. And then I think we we. Uh we we really need a sound bite from uh, the next film we're going to mention. So we're going to play this to you, and then we're going to talk about it. Enough, John. What are you talking about, Randy? We have to stop pretending. The guys won't be coming back. They're dead. Dead? <laughs> You're crazy. They're dead. And the van is gone, and we have no way out of here. Not true. Van's back, it's right out in front. Can't be. Look, knowing everybody's around here somewhere, don't worry for crying out loud. You haven't been listening to me. I told you they were dead! Well, that was a clip from a movie I would categorize as so bad, it's <laughs> just bad. 
And that's a rock and roll nightmare with John Michael Thor, or just Thor as he's known, the spectacular rock star who, um, well, he was the lead actor in this uh, very, very odd horror movie because, uh, well, him and his bands are in, to record in a studio in an isolated farmhouse. Yep. But obviously evil lurks in the house and things go to bits. Yeah. And I don't know how to describe it really. You have to watch it. You have to watch his uh, acting. I think we even had one member of Cold Picks um, wrote into us about it. You know, it's fun when when they contact us and say that you know, Killer Shrews has to be one of the worst films ever um, made. But <laughs> they do that because they love it. Uh, and mm. same with the rock and roll nightmare. And um, I don't know if um, how appreciative I, I got to dig it up again. But yes, it is one of those so bad it's compu- compulsory viewing. Yeah, and I, I think you have to to um, either been drinking or or taking some illegal substances for you know watching the film. I think that makes it much better. Um, and I would also like to mention we haven't we haven't talked about about him yet, and and it feels like we wouldn't have a pod without it. So ciao, ciao Simone. Simone. Uh, Simone runs Penny Video in Italy and also runs the Fanta Festival in Rome, and uh, he is a very good friend of ours. We have uh, an amazing Italian sort of uh, poliziotto druggy film called Don't Count on Us, but. As he's the big enthusiast of uh, Culpix, he also started reaching out to former guests at the Fanta Festival. So we have from him also Bloodsuckers from Outer Space from 1984. It's about farmers who sort of get hungry after they are exposed to some space radiation, as you do. As you do. And then we have the, the 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 film that is actually shouldn't be in here, and that's Dark Waters, which is an amazing yes. film, but it's from 1993, and we <sighs> have set a rule of 1990 as the oldest film. No sooner have we made the rules than we're breaking them ourselves, but it's definitely worth it. And again, it's one of those films which our members um, wrote into us to tell us how much they enjoyed it. Um, so you know, people. Yeah, if they like something that much to actually bother sending us an email, uh, we know that it's definitely worth having. So I think it it was worth making an exception. Who knows? We might make another one. Absolutely. And if you if you read the frequently asked questions on our site, it says who decides what's a cult movie, and the answer is we do. One, two, three. We do. We do exactly. It's not a democracy. It's a cult. So there you go, yeah. And then I, I think we should also talk about, um, well, it's a, a guest coming to our show in a week or two. Yes. And that's our, a very, very nice partner we have. Um, this Joe Zimba from Agfa. Mm. And Agfa, in this case, is not the, the company making film, uh, camera film, but it's the American genre film archive. Mm. What is this camera film of which you speak? <laughs> it was something your grandfather used yeah, to Yeah, it'll be like, with. you know, Grandpa, what's Kodak? Oh. Yep. No, Agfa, Agfa, what's the other Kodak? I, do, do the American Genre Film Archive even pronounce their own name, Agfa, or is it AGFA? Or? 
I I heard someone say AGFA the other day. I'm sorry, maybe I'm sloppy we're, in my pronunciation. We're trash in the way that we pronounce yeah. it. But yes. Um, but so so uh, I think that Joe will go in depth uh, on some of the films. We have 18 films from yes. them so yep. far. They have restored a lot more. And I think um, I'm going to surprise you here. I think that we should really play a little clip from the amazing Bat Pussy. Oh, go on. The film that got Tim League of Alamo Drafthouse fame into such trouble. For sure. During the festival in Austin, there was an outrage from people who hadn't seen the film. Who hadn't seen but it. But they were just outraged. Exactly, because they hadn't bought the DVD or, or been to the screening and because cult picks didn't exist then. But of course now, mm. you can screen it in all its filthy glory. So let's play clip. gloriously stupid and funny and definitely you know yeah. after 42nd street forever volume one first film make bad pussy numbers two on your viewing list yeah and then and then terror in the midnight sun and and you you get the picture yes and then you have to watch all the monogram nine uh in that order um mm. without skipping a single one so but yes we're not going to dwell you know too much on agfa because we will hear it straight no. from the horse's mouth um i just love the fact that it is so varied same as with something weird you know it, it, there's everything in there really i mean juvenile delinquents horrors serial killers martial arts comedies western more horror erotica um another 42nd street this one flesh pot on 42nd street um mm. yeah it's it's a smorgasbord as we say in this country yeah. um and as smart peddler was saying i think at the beginning we're in discussions with about 15 to 20 companies at the moment about securing rights and we haven't even really started yet with you know a lot of other big ones you know there's we haven't even uh been in touch with anybody in in hong kong about martial arts films i know we've got a couple on cult picks already but there's so many more we could do uh we need to engage or rather you know um from people for genre ones like spaghetti western so there's a whole world of cult films out there that we will still uh bring to cult picks in time yeah for sure well that's been a little bit of a sampler and a taster of um the kind of films that you can watch on cult picks today and of course more coming in the following weeks and months and hopefully years ahead so do we want to end with a final clip from any of the films that we've discussed or any of the other films that maybe we haven't discussed well we could uh, we could come up with a little uh, something i think from agfa aka agfa yes. and i think we should play a clip from our only so far only turkish film <laughs> The Sword and the Claw from 1975. So we're going to finish with a clip from The Sword and the Claw. 
Thank you very much for listening to Cult Picks Radio, WCPX 66.6 on your pod dial with me, your host, Django Nudo. And the Smut Peddler. Till next week. Take care. The time is up. Bring out the lions. Did I tell you he was raised on lion's milk? Oh, no!